Maybe I'm crazy, but I know who the best team in the league is. And it's not really a hot take. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor, and I am so excited today. My favorite player to watch play the game right now is Derrick Henry. King Henry is joining us today on the Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast, and I cannot wait to talk to him. He is amazing. He is killing it right now, getting an MVP conversation going. So we'll talk to Derrick Henry. The whole crazy gang is here, Heller, Donnie, and T with the culture report. So we will get to them as well. Talk Cowboys. Whew, disaster. Cowboys, Packers, Bucks, who's the best team. We've got a lot of stuff going on around the league, and we'll get to all of it, but let's get started with King Derrick Henry. All right. I am very, very, very excited to have uh, my favorite current NFL player, Derrick Henry, King Henry, on the podcast today. Derrick, thank you so much for coming on with us. Thank y'all for having me. Appreciate it. Um, this is very exciting for me because honestly, I, I love watching you play every Sunday. I need you to explain how you do it because I feel like you're, you're like supposed to be playing in a league that's better than the NFL <laughs> and everyone else is just trying to keep up with you. But Derek joins us on behalf of Dr. Teal's, the popular Epsom salt soak used by professional athletes to ease body aches and sore muscles. Derek uses Dr. Teal's as part of his routine to speed up muscle recovery after big game of grueling practice. Um, this season, Derek, along with George Kittle and Aaron Donald, have launched a social media campaign with Dr. Teals to show fans how they can recover like a professional athlete. So tell us a little bit about this collaboration. Yeah, um, definitely happy to collaborate with Dr. Teals. Um, I've been using it before I collaborated with them just to help my body get back under me. Um, you know, we know that's important, especially in my position because we get hit a lot and it definitely, you know, helps me recharge my body, recharge my muscles, get all that soreness out, have me ready for preparation for the next week um, when I'm practicing, get ready for a game. So if you haven't used all the tools, I definitely and highly recommend that you use it to, you know, relax and, you know, um, get your muscles back under if you play sports or, you know, or exercise or anything like that. Well, I would argue that most people are bouncing off of you, but I guess, you know, there's a little bit of impact involved either way. Um, so you broke national high school rushing records, Heisen winner at Alabama, all pro running back, and you're you're kind of with a legacy organization at the running back position. Uh, Chris Johnson, Eddie George, Earl Campbell. Um, what's it like just being in an organization that has a legacy like that at your position? Um, I love it. Um, I watch all those guys, you know, so it's so it's kind of cool, um, you know, being able to watch those guys and then play for an organization, um, hear, hear about the great things they did and also saw the great things they did, and then getting to meet those guys. So it's like a, like a kid in candy store. It's the coolest thing in the world. So you had 264 yards, two touchdowns, 52 receiving yards, a game-winning play against a, a battle against Houston this weekend. What does it feel like getting a win like that? Like, how do you feel after, I mean, it's a, it's an overtime win. Houston gave you all they could. What's, what's that feel like? Um, you know, just happy to be five and no, um, is the division opponent. So we all familiar with each other. So we know it's going to be, uh, a big game. And, um, you know, um, they, they, they always play tough and always play us tough. And, you know, Deshaun, you know, he's great at what he does. So, you know, we just we're happy to, you know, finish with the ball in our hands and, you know, us getting a win at the end. 
yeah, Deshaun did not seem too happy that, that you guys are going to get the get the ball first there. Um, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so, I mean, you guys are 5-0. and oh, And I got to be honest, the, the national talk around the Titans, you, you, I don't think we really give you guys a lot of credit. And you're playing amazing football. So what's what's that? What's the attitude like around the team? Because you, you you're not getting in the conversations yet, and I think that this weekend will will kind of solve that because you're going to be playing the Steelers, which we'll talk about in a second. But what's the attitude around the team? Obviously, you guys are five and zero and feeling great, but you know the talk is still around the Ravens and the Packers mm-hmm. and the Bucks and the Chiefs. We like it that way. Keep it that way. Keep us the underdog, and, and we'll just keep working. That's what we like. Expect nothing, nothing, nothing from us, and we just keep working, and week by week, and improving. So we like it that way, underdog mentality. That's how we like to approach everything. So I watched a lot of Ryan Tannehill. I'm a Dolphins fan and a Steelers fan, so I watched a lot of Ryan Tannehill, and I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback have one reputation and kind of assessment, and then go to another organization and be what he's what he's doing there. So. What's your assessment or your opinion of, of Ryan Tannehill? Because whatever he was with the Dolphins, he ain't that now. And maybe that was Gase, and he's with Rabel now. It's a different situation. I think you play a huge role in his success as well. But what, what do you think of Ryan Tannehill and his development? Um, I think it's just sometimes you just need to, I guess, a brand new start being uh, another system. And I think it just fits him well. It's a perfect situation. And uh, he's been balling. That's all I can say. He has just been balling. The Ryan Tannehill in Miami ain't the same Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. So whatever they want to say, Ryan been balling. It's time to start that MVP campaign for him. Um. Well, speaking of the MVP talk, he's definitely not the same. He's definitely not the same Ryan Tannehill. I'm with you there. But there's a lot of MVP talk for you. What 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 does that sound like to you? Like when you hear that people are saying that you could be the MVP of the league? Uh, I wouldn't say right now. It's too early. Um. I had one. You know, it was it was it was a big game. Just just keep working, uh, keep improving. Um, the guys who are definitely in the conversation need to be in the conversation. Um, I'm just gonna keep working. I, I mean, I don't think you know I'm deserving of it. And at the time, I'm just gonna keep working. Uh, well, I would disagree. I think you should be in the MVP conversation. And I appreciate it. <laughs> I thought that you were really the the heart and soul of the team last year. And I do think that you guys are, you have a different feel this year. Last year, I think there was a little bit of a, a lightning in the bottle kind of uh, assessment of you guys. And and you've been so consistent this year. And I think really have taken the next step up. But who's the leader? Like, who's the vocal leader? Is it you? Is it Ryan? Like, who is, who's the guy in that locker room that's really like the pulse of the team? Well, I would say Ryan, you know, Kevin Byer, they definitely speak up a lot. Um, as a quarterback, I feel like you you have to be a leader. Um, and, and and Ryan does that. He communicates with us. Um, whenever you feel like you need to speak up, he definitely does that. The same thing with KB. You know, they both, I feel like they're both the, the generals on both sides, and they do their job very well as being leaders and at their positions. Mike Rabel is uh, all over the place right now because he pulled a little a little move there at the end, <laughs> at the end of the game. Um, yeah. What what's Coach Coach Rabel like? Oh uh, well, you know, you know, Coach Rabel played in the league a long time, um, won Super Bowls, they play play at a high level. Um, so he's been in football for a long time, and you know, been in the NFL, you know, for a long time. So, you know, he's very smart. He studies. Um, so 
you know, and he, he makes sure we're, we're well prepared, um, the whole team um, from the coaching staff and, you know, make sure that we all know the situation, things we need to do in the game. So that's just, that's just him, really. That's just Coach Raven. Loves football 24-7, So you guys are going into a really big matchup this weekend. You're undefeated. Steelers are undefeated. Um, so one, can you take can you take it easy on them? <laughs> I'll just take it easy on my Steelers. And what are you? What Make are you it easy on me. Uh, so yeah. So what are what's uh, what not what's the game plan? But what's your attitude going into this week? The Steelers have a really good defense, obviously, and are playing well as well. Yeah. Uh, eat my Wheaties and uh, buckle my chin strap tight. Make sure my cleats are tied tight and my. Uh, my pads and everything is on the correct way. This is going to be a physical matchup. Do you have a pregame routine? Um, no, I just, I just, I just do the same things. I'm kind of superstitious a, a little bit, so I have to do the, I have, I have to do the same thing all the time. So yes, I do have a pregame routine. I just, I'm just, I don't know. It just, I, I, I have to, I have to, I have to. I feel like I'm thrown off. I'm the same way. I'm weird about it. Like I, I, yeah. uh, I like to park in the same parking spot. I eat the same thing for breakfast every day. Um, you know, obviously I'm not going into a matchup against the 5-0 Steelers, but, you know, I got a job to do every day. Um, but I get weird. Like, if I do something, like, I literally I wore a cloth mask yesterday. I always wear the paper ones into work, and I wore a cloth yeah. one, and I just got weird. Like, as soon as I got to work, I was like, I need to put the paper one on. Yeah, like, it was I feel you. I definitely feel you. I'm, I'm the same way. The yeah, I'm the same way on game day. So... Do you do like the uh, the old track move where you eat like a big pasta dinner the night before, or are you like a you like a light salad guy? No, you know it's funny. I'm I'm straight water and bananas. Water, water and bananas? bananas. Yes. Like the night before? No, like the day, like night before. I, I mean, I don't try to eat too heavy. I don't really like. Oh, oh I gotta eat this the night before. No, but the day of is water and bananas. That's all I eat. Is that is the bananas for like cramps or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I just, I, I'm, I'm just superstitious. I have to stretch. I have to, it's, 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 it's a whole routine. It's, <laughs> it's a whole routine. So I, I make sure I get there just so I have enough time to go through my whole routine for the game. So you have three career games with 200 plus rushing yards and two touchdowns. The only other players in NFL history to do that are Jim Brown, Barry Sanders. And Ladanian Thomason. So you're being mentioned with some Hall of Famers there, greatest to ever do it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're, because I feel like your running style is so unique, um, partly because you're so fast, but you just look bigger. Like you're just bigger than everyone else and so fast. And each of those guys kind of had a very unique style in, in their own way. Do you compare yourself to other running backs in, in history and around the league, or do you feel like you just do your own thing? Um, yeah, I try to do my own thing. I think those guys were, were good at what they do, and that's what made them special. And I was just, you know, just, just trying to do my own thing. Um, it's, it's definitely uh, a lot of things I can pick from their game, but really I just try to have my own running style and do my own thing. So I'm wearing my Kobe shirt today. Uh, you posted. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you posted a video of a chain. You have a Mamba chain. Um, yeah. Obviously, rest in peace, Kobe. The Lakers just just won the championship against my Heat. Are you a Are you a Kobe fan or a Lakers fan? Uh, I'm a I'm a big Kobe fan. I mean, I've been a Kobe fan since I was since I was a little kid. But I'm I'm a Lakers fan as well. 
but this this Kobe is one of my favorite athletes of all time. So I'm on my mentality, Kobe. I'm 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 all that. Love love Kobe. Love two four, eight. The the whole thing. I'm I'm Kobe to the death. What is Mamba mentality to you? I think this uh, perseverance, hard work, always wanting to be the best no matter what, um, never satisfied. I could go on and on because even when I say those words, I could just see Kobe, you know, when he played or just seeing videos of Kobe at practice and just, you know, so motivating to see how great somebody was and still want more, never satisfied at the top of the mountain and still still hungry and you know that's somebody you know you know you being an athlete playing sports that i don't think you know it gets no better than that as far as somebody being a role model and you know i definitely try to carry that moment mentality every day i actually have a a, a pair of kobe's that uh like you sent me that they uh, released this year and they had like a note that you can write for yourself as far as what you think my moment mentality is and having my locker that i look at every day that's dope that's dope yeah. Um, well, thank you so much again for joining us. I really appreciate it. I really, I really do talk about you a lot because I, I really enjoy watching you play. I think you play with such a unique uh, style. You're just a little bit of old school uh, toughness, but just speed and it's just like just unstoppable. So I'm, I'm really happy for you guys. I'm glad you're playing well. Um, I'm not going to say I hope you have a bad game against the Steelers, but like just, you know. Just, just give them a little break. Just a little break. Uh, you know, eat like one last banana. Um, no, but, <laughs> but best of luck to you for the rest of the season. You absolutely deserve MVP uh, votes this year um, and did last year. So uh, thank you again for joining us. And you can also soak up some so- soak up. See what you guys did there. Some social media videos on Instagram at Dr. Teals, the leading personal care brand helping athletes ease body aches and sore muscles plus help speed up recovery time. Um, thank you so much, Derek. King Henry, everyone. Yes, sir. That's man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, y'all take care. You too. With it. With it. What? With it. We about to turn up in this What's up, Hello. What am I winning or quitting today? Aloha, Joy. Happy to a Tuesday. Thank you. Right? Yes. That's very fun. I'm going to make that a thing, actually. To, is that a thing? Can I steal that? You, that's all you. That's that's a Maybe I'm Crazy podcast original, Tua Tuesday. Tua Tuesday? Okay, cool. Bet. Cool. We're on that. Let's go. Tua. Right. Um, okay, so uh, hopefully Donnie put some ukulele music in now, if that's not too much cultural appropriation. Probably. Uh, I'll let him decide. Yeah. Uh, your Dolphins Joy told the world Tuesday that they are going with their 2020 fifth overall pick after the bye week. Uh, seems inevitable, but Ryan Fitzpatrick did have Miami rolling, beating up my battered Niners and molly whomping the Jets this week, 24 Zippo. Uh, Joy, the Dolphins are putting Tua in Tua early. Mm. Quit it or quit it? Uh, quit it. Quit it. It's Tua late. Should have been should have been weeks ago. Listen, <laughs> I I have a lot of respect. All sarcasm aside, a lot of respect for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He is a cool ass dude. He's got a cool ass beard. He's a good family man, and Harvard he's educated. a oh, Harvard educator. If you didn't know, did you know that? Did you know that he went to Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard? Did you know that? Harvard also, if you don't know, this is in the Ivy League. Joy, I don't know if you knew that. That Harvard is in the Ivy League. That's smart people. Um, we're being sarcastic. If you don't know why, because they say that every time they say Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick's name. You see, Davis um, is a decent school. Look, 
look, honestly, if I went to Harvard, I would tell every motherfucker I met every day that I went to Harvard. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would, put it, I would, yeah. I would be like, hello, I'm Bruce Taylor. I went to Harvard. I got, I'm sorry. I graduated from Harvard. I have a Harvard yeah. degree. You can't tell me nothing. Ellis, I love my yeah, Barry University degree, Harvard, uh, private you university. Um, uh, you know, shout out Barry Bucks. Anyway. Yeah. Point is, is point is, um, he's a great dude. And he's been super supportive of this situation, at least publicly. It seems like, I mean, he's an authentic guy. He knows what it is he's that he's there guy. to, you know, play football as long as he can and also be a mentor to Tua and teach him how to be a pro, which is what he's been doing. And listen, we all know that the magic is going to come to an end at some point, right? Everyone's freaking out about taking Ryan Fitzpatrick out. out right now. Don't freak out. We know what Ryan Fitzpatrick is. That's why he's on his ninth team. That's why he's with the Dolphins in a situation where he is a real yeah. player, veteran, to teach Tua how to be a NFL quarterback. There's a reason why he's in this situation. And it's not because he's the future of the franchise or they wouldn't have taken Tua fifth overall. So I don't understand everyone like, oh, Fitzpatrick's playing well. Like, so what? It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. We know what it is at this point. He's going to play well. And then eventually he's going to hit a wall like he always does. And then it's going to be a disaster. And then you're going to be throwing Tua out there as opposed to prepping Tua for two weeks to come in and that play is, NFL is, football. Yep. Mm-hmm. You have some strategy in your life. Brian Flores is a very smart man, okay? He knows what he's doing. Furthermore, you saw how everyone freaked out when they put Tua in in garbage time. Don't you think the owner's like... Yeah, that's the part, though, that makes me worry. When the owner is making the football decisions, is that good, Joy? I'm not saying that he is. I'm just saying, let's not pretend like this isn't a part of what's going on. And and, and beyond that, I said this weeks ago, once Herbert came in and, and, and playing the way that he played right off jump, that the clock started for two a time anyway. Yep. So here yep, we are. Yep, yep, yep. Now, now Dolphins fans mm-hmm. out here talking about we're three and three and, uh, you know, we just beat the Niners and we just beat the Jets. We, we beat a hobbled Niners team, no disrespect, okay? And the New York Jets, who are the right. worst team in football. Worst team in football, okay? They need the number one overall pick. They're terrible. So there's not, Do they have any the wins, the Jets? No, zero wins. This many, okay? Not with the fingers up, actually. This many. This many wins. Yeah, zero yeah. for anyone who's listening. Um, they're <laughs> bad. So I don't care about that. The point is you drafted Tua to be the future of the franchise. A franchise, by the way, might I remind you, Hasn't had a franchise quarterback since Dan Marino. Dan Marino is now like the head of football operations. He's the king of the Dolphins, but that was a long, long, long time ago. Okay. I love Dan Marino, king of the Dolphins. We love you, Dan. Okay. Great tan. Got a great great tan. tan And does amazing commercials. All right. But he's no longer there and we need a new quarterback. And Tua is supposed to be that guy. And we got to find out sooner rather than later if he is that guy because the wheels are turning on this quarterback situation in the NFL. There's no patience. For quarterbacks, they're talking about replacing Daniel Jones already. Okay, <laughs> like if the Giants Damn. are not, they're no longer going to get the number one overall pick. They're already talking about it. Sam Darnold is yep. likely gone. Okay, from the New York Jets. Like Trevor Lawrence, if they get that pick, Sam Darnold is not going to be a New York Jet. Trevor Lawrence will be in uh, the quarterback of the New York Jets. It happens that quick. So you have to find out what you have in Tua so that you can move forward appropriately. And listen, I think Tua is a franchise quarterback, right? That's yep. I certainly hope so. That's why we took him fifth overall. But you got to find out what he is, okay? You have to find – you didn't go fifth overall, right? Fourth, fifth. Yeah, yeah, fifth. I checked. I, I mean, I yeah. looked on Wikipedia. 
If yes, we're wrong, blame Wikipedia. It's mostly right. Um, the draft was a while ago. The point is, he is the future of the Dolphins. You have to see what he is. Stop worrying about, we're winning right now. We're winning. Shut up. <laughs> like, Dolphins fans make me absolutely nuts with this. This is why they're always terrible. Because they insist on just stupid shit, like, like like putting in Matt Moore for Ryan Tannehill. Are you watching I Ryan Tannehill? Moore. Are you watching Ryan Tannehill? I, I love Matt Moore, too. Um, like, one of the all-time best backup quarterbacks in league history, in my opinion. Okay? Yep. You, you heard the word I used to describe him, and that is he is a backup. So <laughs> just please be quiet and just allow Brian Flores and the Dolphins to develop the team. Okay? Stop talking about we're going to win the division. We're not going to win the division. The Bills are going to win the division, and maybe the Patriots are going to finish with a better record than the Dolphins, too. And you know what? That's okay, because it's not about this year. You have to think for the future. All right? Build an organization. Brian Flores showed he was he was capable of doing that last year. Even though they didn't mm-hmm. have a great season, they played mm-hmm. well. They played competitive. They're building a culture. This is the absolute right time. You have a bye week. You have two weeks to prepare. People tweeting me about, whoa, whoa, they're going to put him in against the LA Rams and Aaron Donald. As opposed well, to the we'll other defensive out. linemen that he's going to play against for the rest of his career. Like, yes. Do I want to start my, my career against Aaron Donald if I'm Tua? Yeah, I can probably pick a worse defensive line to start yeah. against. Sure. Okay. Sure. But 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 I'm gonna be all right because that's the future anyway. Like you're gonna play against guys who aren't as good as Aaron Donald, yeah. but still pretty good. And they're still gonna be chasing after you, trying to take your head off. So this idea that like, oh, we should have waited until he, he, they weren't playing the Rams. Just, just please leave this to people who understand football and are doing who do this for a living. Okay. And I'm not talking about me. I'm saying I trust Brian Flores has made a plan. He didn't just wake up this morning like have yep. his coffee, and be like, you know what? I think I'm going to switch to Tua. Likely this was the plan all season long, and they just didn't they didn't let everyone else know, in on it, which was a good idea by them. Yeah. They have the Rams next, then they're at the Cardinals, then they have the Chargers at home. Not that it matters because Tua is the starting quarterback moving forward, and they're going to play whoever the f*** is on the schedule, okay? Which I'm fine with because he's supposed to be an NFL quarterback, and we need to see if he is. I am excited. I am tired of hearing about how Fitzpatrick should have stayed out there and won a couple more meaningless games to maybe get us a wild card win so that we could get completely swamped in the first round of the playoffs as a wild card team and accomplish absolutely nothing except for getting a worse draft pick and still not knowing what we have in Tua. So there you go. Sorry if I'm being pessimistic, Dolphins fans, but you sound ridiculous. And I refuse to allow this narrative to continue that we were going to like Right off into the sunset with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. It's no just to Ryan Fitzpatrick, but like just keep a level head. Good gracious. I've, I, many of your points are good. It does sound a little bit like you're uh, looking so far forward into the future that you hate the present. But I will, <laughs> I will say that this, I agree. Do that you this love is it here? Do you love it here right now, Heller? Does anyone love it here? Okay. It's 2020. Does anyone love it here? No. 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 Nobody loves but it here. Shouldn't. <laughs> We shouldn't say it could never get worse because oh, no. it can I don't, always get worse. I don't say that. I don't say that. I just know it will get worse. <laughs> like, whatever we're experiencing with Ryan Fitzpatrick, it will get worse from here. Okay. It's go- it might say the same, but it's it's going there's a guarantee that it will get worse. Okay. So just just ride it out with me. Fitz knows, Flores knows, and now Tua knows. And the rest of us know okay. the future of the Dolphins is Tua Tungabaloa. I have I have uh, one comment and one question before we move on. First is I would like to just say next time you run into Mr. Marino, tell him out, out there with all your Florida folks, mm-hmm. tell him I thought he was really good in both Ace Ventura and Bad Boys 2. 
Oh, great, great, great cameo in Bad Boys 2. Smaller Uh, role in Bad Boys 2, but... All-time movie cameo. Oh, I'm gonna drive the shit out of this. Um, uh, (laughs) And then my question is, what happens? You said it's not the best three games for Tua to get in there. I understand the bye week makes the most sense. You got two weeks to prep. Boom, that game happens. If that game doesn't go well, and then those next two games you're talking about doesn't go well, now what happens? Versus... You know, in a perfect world, this bye week would be week 10 and they could put they could they could push this a little further down the road. But is there a world where they got to pull him back out of there if this doesn't go well, Joy? Sure. If he's a complete disaster. Yeah. Then you pull him out. And guess what? Ryan Fitzpatrick goes right back in because he loves playing football more than anything else in the world. Why he's still playing football. He'll be all right. He really makes it easy. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't understand what the problem is. That's actually the best case scenario. Tua goes out there and he can't, not the best case scenario. The best case scenario is that he's better than Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Right. But another scenario that, that plays out and why this is a good, good decision is if Tua can't play, well, now you know he can't play. So then we draft someone else next year or we make a trade for a Sam Darnold or something like that. Mm. I don't think that's going to be the case, mm. but you have to know mm. what you have in Tua. And why not mm. now? Because you already mm. know what you have in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm. These young, hey, these young quarterbacks better be careful. It's a Josh Rosen world they're living in. It's about hey. to be. It's about. It's about to be just Lamar and Josh Allen from that draft still on those teams in three years at this pace. So, um, anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, yeah. Prime time is the wrong time to lose in embarrassing fashion. Millions of Americans and probably a handful of folks up early or late in England watch America's team fall apart on Monday Night Football. Ezekiel Elliott was seemingly full because he fed the Cardinals two fumbles, and needless <laughs> to say, Andy Dalton did not fill Dak Prescott's shoes. Joy, the Cowboys aren't going to win the worst division in football, win it or quit it. Quit it. They're still going to win. Um, ah, I don't think... Just by they, fault, though. They, like, sure. I mean, win. Like, they <laughs> not just, lose. They'll just, yeah, not lose it. Uh, it's not Gosh. an accomplishment or something. I don't think that Andy Dalton is that bad. I don't think Zeke is this bad. Um, But I think there's there's something there's something uh, uh, awry in Dallas. I was trying to think of a good Halloweeny term. I couldn't think of anything. Um, But they got the spookies for sure. They got the spookies. Scaries. They got got the scaries. The spookies, the scaries, and something is awry. Something they write down there in Dallas. That's not a good that's not a good Dallas accent either. I, was, I thought it was good. Was it a good Texas accent? I don't know. Um, Got me rigged up, Joy. <laughs> the point is, it's madness. Like it's it's all falling apart. Um, you've got Jane Slater had a, had dropped just an absolute Jane bomb um, on everyone today. She tweeted, "Cowboys players are initially bought into keeping things internal. Now they sit at two and four. The discontent is leaking out." On the coaching staff, they're, quote, totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. Another one said they just aren't good at their jobs. <laughs> so here we are. Everything Oops. is completely falling apart. Dak is not going to be back for this year. And Zeke is giving the ball away at a record pace. And Jerry Jones is out here defending his coach right away, which, look, it's this is, this is the problem with Dallas. And it's always been the problem with Dallas. And I thought that this might end with Mike McCarthy because, you know, he is a Super Bowl winning quarterback or coach and, you know, he should be able to come in with some level of respect. Right. He he, he worked right. with Aaron Rodgers. He won a Super Bowl. He knows his shit, Right. He's a football guy. 
and it's still just Jerry running the show. And like, I don't, I don't think that was like completely going to change, but it clearly is not. And the attitude in Dallas is that Mike McCarthy, the mic doesn't really stop with Mike McCarthy. It doesn't. It stops with Jerry. And that's a dysfunctional yeah, Jason Garrett treatment. Yeah, that's a dysfunctional setup. It doesn't work. It didn't work with Jason Garrett. It's not going to work with Mike McCarthy. I do think we probably should be a little more patient with Mike McCarthy because it is his first mm-hmm. year in a COVID shortened year. But the Cowboys are falling apart. And also, we keep looking at this Cowboys team as if they're the same team that was there when Dak and Zeke were rookies. It's not. The offensive line was the number two offensive line in the NFL. Some had them ranked no, number one. Porous. It's porous. It's all backups. It's a completely uh, different situation. Their defense is not good, and I'm being kind. So, uh, and like, really, that's that's real bad. That's actually the problem. Like, the offensive line is really bad, but I don't think Andy Dalton is this bad, and I don't think that Zeke is this bad. The defense, however, is actually that bad. They have the 26th ranked defense in terms of yards allowed per game and the league's worst defense in points allowed. And they've allowed 218 points so far this season. That's tied for the fourth most points allowed by defense through six games in Mm -hmm. NFL history. Mm -hmm. In NFL history. So no one's got to (laughs) go. That's for sure. Okay. So without question, he's gone next year. They have a lot of things that they need to work around and, and uh, retool, but this year just ain't the year for them. And, and don't like, don't get it confused. They're still going to win the NFC East, which is terrible. meaningless. And I, I want to emphasize meaningless. The Eagles, yep. their entire starting offense is injured. The whole, the whole offense, <laughs> the entire team right. is injured. Everyone, the, the, the Washington football team. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start with the Washington football team. Their defense is okay. Like, that's it. And the Giants just won their first game over the Washington football team, and they're a disaster as well. So it's it, it's no uh, – you get no cookies for winning the NFC East this year, but they have a lot of things that they need to change and do. And I, I was very, very wrong about the Cowboys this year. Um, and look, Dak's not there. He's their leader. He's their glue. I don't even think that that comment would have gotten out to James Slater if Dak was there. Uh-uh. They would have told so, Dak, and he would have calmed him down. Right. Rallied the troops. So it's unfortunate, but it's just – I just think it's one of those years for Dallas where it's like it's just a wash. You just got to be okay with that. I mean, not to be okay with it, but, I mean, just stop putting stop putting unreal expect, unrealistic expectations on the Cowboys. It feels like every, it's, yeah. it's always a wash with, with the Cowboys. It seems to me like the problem with the most that the Cowboys have is, like, the dudes get the star on their helmet and they think they're a star. And so it really, like it, – and it's, and it's also, like – uh, question for you. It's just microphone in your face. Everyone, an- the owner answers questions after the game out there. You know, they'll catch a, a third string player. Uh, the Jane bomb, though, man, that was nice. That was like a report uh, personification of a this motherfucker. This. <laughs> it was just this. It was, He's still coach still talking. Come on. Like, it really, I was just a. Yeah. People are fed up and. Uh, it was today was just like a treat of NFL news. Like between that and two news, it was just it was yeah. just like it was like steak and eggs at brunch with with extra with unlimited mimosas. Woo! Just what is brunch? I don't remember what that is. God, no. Uh, no, I was thinking about brunch biscuits yesterday. I think I might go get some this week. Yeah, and then eat them in eat them in your car. <laughs> eat them at home. <laughs> brunch biscuits. Um, yeah. Well. 
No brunch biscuits for winning the NFC East, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, the Cowboys would be fifth in the NFC West right now. So congratulations. (laughs) What up, Donnie? What's going on a high-key, low-key this week? What's up? What's up? All right. High-key, after returning from the COVID-19 reserve list, Cam Newton led the Patriots to an 18-12 and loss against a Broncos team that was 0-3 two weeks ago. Low-key, with just two practices in the past two weeks, this loss shouldn't have surprised as many people as it has. Teams practice for a reason. Heike, yes. I think we we probably forgot Drew Locke is a little bit better than um, their backup quarterbacks and that we had higher expectations for the Broncos coming into this season. And also that the Patriots weren't really as good as they were pitching to us without Cam Newton, because we saw that last week. And Cam, off of no practice, after having joined the Patriots not that long ago, yeah, right. shouldn't, shouldn't really be that surprising. Um, was it disappointing? Sure, because they lost last week, and now they're losing to what we, we overall feel is, is kind of an inferior Broncos team. But I'm not really panicking about this loss. The loss without Cam, like, obviously, it still counts. But I'm not counting it against the Patriots overall as far as how I'm assessing a team. You don't have your starting quarterback? Okay. Like, it is what it is. Now – the Broncos, that's a different situation. You kind of need to win that game. But, again, I'm taking into consideration the fact that there's been no practice, the fact that Cam hasn't been there that long, and the fact that the Broncos are actually not that bad of a team to begin with. They got yeah. Drew Locke back, and, and now they're in a better situation. So, overall, I'm not freaking out about this loss. It's a very unpatriot-like loss. I think they'll get back on track. The AFC East is a little more interesting now that we've got two. Yeah. And, the, and, and the Dolphins have been playing well. Bills just lost two in a row. So it's it's still in play. I still think the Bills will win that division. But I don't want to overreact too much to this Patriots loss. All right, it sounds like a smart thing. No overreactions for that. No. All right. Heike, the Packers versus the Bucks was arguably the matchup of the week. And it inarguably failed to live up to those expectations. Thanks in large part to the constant pressure applied by Tampa. Low-key, this game felt like deja vu of last year's NFC Championship game. Shouldn't Green Bay have addressed its protection issues by now? Well, they were too busy uh, (laughs) drafting quarterbacks that are never going to see the field. Jordan Love and uh, not getting receivers. Look, I I don't know. I I don't want to give too much credit to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this situation, but kind of looks like Green Bay can't play with physical teams still. And yeah. I don't love that because that was my my issue with them last year was that. That was Collins' issue with them last year is why he was so out on them. And I was so in on them because I felt like they, they can play great when they aren't in those situations. But guess what? That's NFL football. Like you're going to run up right. against a physical team that's not as not as put together as you or is, is playing as fluid as you are. And obviously the Buccaneers weren't. They had hella – Turn, penalties last week, zero this week. Like, they clearly got their, their bleep together. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how telling it is. Again, I don't want to overreact to one loss, but you're right. It, it looked eerily like that San Francisco game. It kind of looks yeah. like every time they get pushed around, that it becomes a problem. I mean, you've got Aaron Rodgers talking <laughs> to Ndamukong Sue. I don't know what to make about that. Like. Flashback to Sue's Detroit days. That's a, yeah, that's also a flashback. Don't do that. That's, <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, the Buccaneers played a great game, so I can't take anything away from them. They're a good team. I think overall the Packers are better, but they just they didn't look it. Like, that was a boring-ass game for a game that was supposed to be 
an unbelievable matchup. And and if you're a Buccaneers fan, of course you loved it. And we still watched yeah. every second of it, waiting for Aaron Rodgers to get them back in it. And he just never did. Um, I appreciate the uh, three pumps celebration. Yeah, yeah. But you got to follow <laughs> that up with, um, you know, like three more, three more touchdowns. And that didn't happen. So... I don't know. I don't want to freak out, but it looks like they're going to have some problems with physical teams. And maybe they just need, maybe they know that now. So game plan for those yeah. situations. They play the Texans this week. I expect Aaron Rodgers to play like he's pissed. I feel like this is a, the kind of thing that he thrives off of, thrives off of all of this, this negative energy that's surrounding oh, yeah. the team right now. He's about to bounce back hard. He loves it. Yeah. All right. High key week six was a good one for most of the remaining winless teams with the Falcons and the Giants both getting their first Ws of the season. Low-key, with the Jets now as the front runners for the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, should Trevor pull an Eli and say, uh, no thank you, if he gets drafted by the J-E-T-S? Jets, 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 Jets. No bleeping way. <laughs> I saw this on the internet somewhere, and I was like, who, what? Like, first of all, yeah. no. There's Maybe you could do that with Jacksonville. Maybe you could do that with, I don't know. I see where you're going with this. But, like, there's not a lot of teams <laughs> in the league that you can get away with saying, I'm not going there. And yeah. the New York Jets are not one of them. Like, that's, let's, let's just not forget you're talking about New York City. Do you really want to have one of the places on your list where you need a pass to go there be New York City, okay? You <laughs> yeah. can't say no to New York City. You have your mind. It no. will never forget. If never you forget. get your ass into the New York Jets, your ass going to the New York Jets. <laughs> That's the way you're going. <laughs> and you should. Like, he, Trevor Lawrence going to the New York Jets is a perfect situation for him. No, it is not ideal. No, they are not going to be in a good situation. Yes, they will be rebuilding. Yes, they will have a new head coach. But yeah. the new head coach will be taking Trevor Lawrence. So he will be building around him and believing in him. And it will, it will be rid of this nonsense Adam Gase situation. And they'll build for the future. They're already getting trading away players. Like, it, it, it's going to be a young team. Listen, they're the Cincinnati Bengals of last year. Okay? So it is what it is. They're going to get the number one overall pick. They're awful. Awful. And that's exactly where Trevor Lawrence is going. And I should thank his lucky stars, actually, that he's going to New York City and not yeah. Jacksonville. And no just to Jacksonville, but, like, there's a difference. There's a difference. It's and uh, personally, um, I am happy that the New York Jets is where he's going to end up and not Jacksonville or Minnesota. or And, like, look, I'm not taking jabs at small markets. I'm just saying, when do we ever get a situation like this where – a, a, a star of Trevor Lawrence's caliber is going to New York City. It's a yeah, big deal. Exactly. Like, exactly. I'm, I'm excited this is lining up this way. It's been an awful year for the Jets. Um, I don't love the Jets organization overall, but hopefully they will make some sweeping changes and, put, and at least start building in the right direction with him there. So short answer, absolutely not. He is not going to put an Eli Manning out of New York City. Like it's I can't. It's not a smart move. It's not a smart move. I strongly advise against that. I didn't like when Eli did it. It worked out for Eli. He got two Super Bowl rings. But I, I can remember. I can put myself back into my like 2004 self and remember the feelings that I got from that. And it was all privilege. I remember Archie Manning speaking for Eli, and I just got the vibe of privilege. And this whole situation felt like privilege to me. And I feel like that kind of stuck with Eli in my mind, at least. 
And I, I don't want to see that for Trevor. Yeah, it's it, first of all, it's very risky because you yeah. better win multiple championships. A. Yeah. Yeah. B, who are you that you, you can just say before you've yeah. ever touched an NFL field that you're exactly. going to diss an organization? And like you said, it worked out for both organizations, really. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. In, in, in today's day and age where people keeping receipts like this. Yeah, not a good look. <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea. I, I don't think he will do that. By the way, this is not coming from him. Um, I yeah. don't think he will do that, but I also do not think it's a good idea. A- and if he does do that, where are you trying to go, bro? Yeah, what's your alternative? Like, you're not going to get that far back in the draft, right? So, like, yeah. where where else are you are you so excited to go? In <laughs> the that options situation? are limited. Yeah, yeah so just, exactly. you know, just, just you go you go where you go, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, like they were talking about that with Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. Like, no, yeah. he's going to go to Cincinnati. Like that's where he's going. None of us love it, but it is what it is, all right? And, and now I'm loving watching Bengals games. Like, exactly. I like watching him. He's exciting. He has brought juice to that team, even if they are stinky. So, uh, no, that's a no-go for me. All right, high key. We're about a third of the way through the NFL season. I feel like this is a good benchmark where we can pause and take a snapshot and judge the teams in that picture that we just took. Joy, when you look at the pick of the NFL right now, low-key, which team is looking the best? So, like, you have the undefeated Steelers, obviously, my Pittsburgh Steelers, which look great, but they haven't really played that much tough competition. And then yeah. you have the Titans, who also look great, and they're kind of in the same situation. Luckily, the two of them play each other this week, and it was going to be probably the matchup of the year, and I'm very much looking forward to it. We thought it was going to be Bucks Packers. Turned out to be a dud. Very excited <laughs> yeah. for this game. Uh, Steelers, Titans, we'll see what's up. But in my opinion, the Chiefs are clearly the best team in the league. Not only do they they come into the season as the best team in the league, arguably if you want to go with the Ravens, that's fine. I'm not going to freak out. But the Chiefs beating the Bills yesterday just showed me they're the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. The Bills completely took away all of their deep threats, X'd out all of their receivers, and they're like, that's fine. We'll just run Clyde Edwards Hilaire right down the throat all game exactly. and dominate time of possession and uh and win this game and grind it down and win it and that's what they did they didn't even look like the Chiefs yesterday who was that team uh, Patrick Mahomes ran like twice the, the rookies running everywhere and now they're getting Le'Veon Bell next week so exactly. if Clyde Edward Teller hits a a rookie wall which they as they usually do Le'Veon steps right in into a Super Bowl winning organization with Patrick Mahomes a, a, a decent 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 offensive line and they're playing amazing. Like, I don't understand yeah. how, like, has everyone forgotten about the Chiefs or something? It's like, it's a, it's a, it's against the law or something to say that the Chiefs are still the best. Like, they are. They are still the yeah. best. They're playing better just, than the Ravens. Patrick Holmes is playing better than Lamar Jackson right now. And that doesn't mean I don't still love Lamar Jackson and the Ravens aren't good. They're just playing better. Like, the Bills are yeah. a legitimate team. I don't want to hear about the Bills are on a slide. No, they're not. Okay, their defense isn't as good as it was yeah, last yeah, year. They're, they're still going to win the AFC East. Josh Allen is still a legitimate quarterback, although I still have some questions, but he's not ready to carry the team on his own, obviously. But he's still he's still a franchise quarterback. Like the Bills are a good team. Everyone just calm down. They lost to the Titans, who are undefeated, playing pretty well right now, and they lost to the Chiefs. Okay, like that's the yeah. Bills are, are a legitimate team. So I'm I'm a, I'm all in on the Chiefs right now, this current moment, and I the way that they got their running game going yesterday just proved it for me. They can win multiple ways. They can throw it over the top to Tyree Kill and score five passing touchdowns, or they can just run it all game and yeah, do it they that got way. options. Yeah, and they're getting Le'Veon Bell, so they just up, they just got another piece to work with. So uh, uh, yeah, right now I'm going Chiefs. 
All right, that's smart. I'm going to give some honorable mention love to the Seahawks. I feel like Russell Wilson is still in talks for MVP, and they, they had a bye this week, but they look good. And they I saw, I checked out their schedule. They have a stretch where they play Philadelphia, both New York teams, and then Washington. I feel like that's those are gimme games, or they should be. So uh, the Seahawks, they're, they're, still, they're still out there. Oh, yeah, the Seahawks are playing great. Uh, Russell Wilson's going to win the MVP. The Bucks, the massive win over the Packers. Packers yep. playing great as well, despite that loss. Like, there's a lot of really good teams. There, there's, there's, I have questions about every other team except for the Chiefs. Yeah, that's on the running that's game, good. I wasn't sure about, and now I'm positive about the running game as well. So that to me, they're just the all. They are the most they check all the boxes. team. They check yeah. all the boxes, and they've already proven themselves with this core group. So I know what they're capable of. So to me, that's that's where I'm at. And then, of course, I'm talking about postseason success as well. Love what the exactly. Seahawks are doing, also obviously. Um, I'm, uh, I, I, I still, I still have this like lingering anxiety about the Titans, but I guess I shouldn't let that go if they beat the Steelers this week. Um, <laughs> yeah. and I feel the same way about the Steelers. So like that game is going to kind of decide game. that situation for me, but yeah, Seahawks legit, Packers legit, Bucks definitely legit. But for me, the Chiefs are just the whole complete package. Hey T, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks Joy. Hey girl. What's going on in the culture report this week? Okay, so disclaimer, I had to turn on my Instagram notifications for the amazing and beautiful Beyonce because, you know, Joy, she likes to drop things unannounced like songs, albums, clothes. And, you know, she catches me off guard, but I feel like it's always the best surprise, so I'm not mad at it. She announced Drip 2, which drops October 30th, her Ivy Park and Adidas collection. And I remember back in January when she was delivering these huge orange boxes to like her friends with the collection. By the way, whoever thought of that was like a complete marketing genius. Super smart. But imagine thinking you and Beyonce are cool and you don't get one. <laughs> because I, <laughs> I was hurt because we're friends in my head. So I'm seeing people post these boxes of them like putting on clothes and it, I'm like, must be nice. So anyway, I'm excited. I can't wait to get something. I don't know what that something's gonna be, but just know that you will see your girl in Ivy Park all 2021. <laughs> uh, I. That's funny you say that because I literally was thinking the same thing. Like, because I know some people uh, who have some who got boxes from Beyonce. So I feel like, you know, I'm like kind of close to Beyonce because I know someone who got a box from Beyonce. And I literally was like, that must be the coolest feeling in the world that, like, not only do you know Beyonce, but also Beyonce thinks you're important enough of an influencer to send free Ivy Park for you to wear and show the world. So yeah, that's pretty dope. Uh, and I was upset I didn't get a box. Bay, we're very supportive of you, okay? And you know, we would look good in some, some Ivy Park. You know, 98% of my followers are men, so they're probably not gonna buy much. But um, you know, the 2% of my female followers might be interested. It's, I'm very excited for it. I actually still do not own any Ivy Park. Um, I wanted to get the shoes last year and then, you know, life happened. So I didn't get around to it, but, um, yes, it's, that's what Beyonce does though. Beyonce just sneak drop stuff on us and she's the only one that can get away with that because anyone else were to just overnight drop an album, we would be so upset, 
But like she drops it and then we're just so excited that there's music and she drops it and we're just so excited that there's new Ivy Park gear that we don't even get upset about it. And it's like you said, it's always great. So yes. it's, it's just irrelevant of like when, when we need to find out about it. She's like, you'll find out when I decide you'll find out about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's great. And no one rushes her on anything. It's like she does things at her own time. Like when you ready, girl, we'll just hold our breath until you say breathe. <laughs> we'll be sitting here waiting patiently, right. happily. We'll be happy to wait on you, Queen. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so I know what you did last summer is getting a TV series, Joy. And I'm not really sure how I feel about it because I enjoyed the movie. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, you know, Freddie French Jr., Ryan Felipe, mm, all in one movie. Like, I was... <laughs> I'm like, I definitely enjoyed it. And I even enjoyed the second one. I still know what you did last summer with Brandy and Makai Pfeiffer. So I think I may need to see the trailer or like who they cast to decide if I'm even remotely interested in watching. Because I just don't know if I want to see this being dragged out with like the, the killer just seeking revenge and then his son seeking revenge. And like, I just feel like that it's too predictable for me. So as of right now, I'm not interested, but that may or may not change. But I'm kind well, of over the <laughs> they'll have to change the storyline right like or it'll be too predictable so how much can you change of the storyline admittedly i haven't seen these movies in a very long time um but because i'm not really into scary movies like that but yeah i don't know i'm i started watching scary series to me they're hard to follow after a while like unless it's something like dexter but that's not really scary that's more like drama gore you know, because you know who the bad guy is. Like, it's not like you're trying to figure something out. It's not a mystery. And it's kind of, that's the that's the premise of, I know what you did last summer, is that you don't know what's going on. So, I don't know. I think it's it, it could be interesting, but I'm with you. I want to see who's ca who, who the cast is. And the writing for these shows is just so important. Like, there's so much good television out there that if you have mediocre writing, especially for something that you're remaking, it's really tough for it to catch on. But then, you do have a new generation of, kids and people who haven't seen or appreciated those movies in their time like they don't they don't care about freddie prince jr and ryan Felipe. um know you know what i mean saying. like that's they don't know what that means so um and brandy and mckay Pfeiffer, you're like you know this is not it's not relatable to them so i think that's that's obviously like why they're doing it so i think the cast will be important and the writing will be important but yeah i'm gonna check an episode out we'll see yeah give it a shot yeah, why not? <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Thank you again to Derek Henry for stopping by and Crazy Gang. Make sure you follow us on our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. You can also follow myself at Joy Taylor Talks. Subscribe on YouTube and you can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and the iHeartMedia app. Make sure you vote. Enjoy your week and catch us next week. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Ooh.